Welcome to episode two of OMG That Meal, a podcast by To Eat List. Uh, this is a podcast where we crunch hard shell tacos in the microphone for 30 minutes straight. Uh, just kidding. This is a podcast about food experiences, restaurants, and restaurant culture. Uh, if you haven't listened to the podcast before, uh, I want to let you know that when you hear this sound, that is us signaling uh, that you should add that restaurant to your To Eat list. Uh, what is To Eat list? To Eat list is a restaurant app designed to help you remember the places you care about most and discover the places, uh, new places from your friends. So today on the show, on episode three, we have David, who goes by Rev uh, Ciancio, uh, to talk burgers in New York and New, in uh, New Jersey. So I'm very excited about this. We won't be talking about all the good places to eat in New York. We are honing in on the delicious hamburger. Um, David is a food and restaurant content creator. You can see him. You can actually follow him at, at Rev, R-E-V-C-I. A-N-C-O. He's, an, he's a hospitality marketing consultant. He has previously worked with Thrillist. He's a curator of the 213,000 follower Fun with Fries Instagram account. And most important for this episode, he is the founder of New York Burger Week. Uh, so before we get into the burger talk, David, you have worked in the restaurant industry on the marketing and content creation side of things for about 10 years. What has changed the most when it comes to marketing for restaurants? I'd love to answer that question. First, I want to say, Adam, thank you for having me here today. I'm actually now bummed out that we're not eating tacos. Uh, <laughs> as soon as you said that, I was like, oh, I could go for a hard shell taco. Uh, and now I'm contemplating what I'll be ordering for lunch here in North Jersey. But I know. We just had Taco Tuesday, though. <laughs> uh, you're asking what, what has changed in, in that time here in the area. Uh, funny enough, there's a restaurant in North Jersey that's uh, promoting Taco Burger Tuesday. Uh, so they were like, they looked at and they were trying to figure out what they could do to make them stand out, uh, and realized that nobody was using the hashtag taco burger Tuesday, uh, and they're a burger restaurant. So they created this burger that's topped like a crunchy taco and it's really good. Uh, they're called, Boom, oh my they're called Boom Burger in Clifton. So to answer your question, what's changed? Um, I would say hashtags. <laughs> Uh, I think <laughs> nice. I think ten years ago, nice way to back into that, right? T ten years ago, um, you know, Instagram certainly wasn't what it was is today, and social media in general is just I think changed so much. Um, and I think there's way more um, discovery tools and discovery paths to people how find uh, how people are finding restaurants than there were ten years ago. Um, you know, I think there's there's still there's probably more and more every day. You know, to eat list is a great example of a discovery tool. Um, and I think what's happening is, is you're finding people are picking like a specific channel or a specific medium that they trust to deliver their discovery of, uh, you know, new restaurants and food to eat around them. And then I think what's happening in addition to that is so like, let's say you're an Instagram junkie or, you know, you have something very specific like to eat list that, that you use as a consumer that leads you down the path of, you know, things you want to put in your face, um, what I think is happening then is almost everybody, once they've discovered a new place they want to eat at or a new meal they want to check out, they then go to search, right? They go to Google or Yelp or something like that. And then they request directions or they need the hours of operation. Or, you know, I read a statistic that 93% of people want to look at a restaurant's menu online before they go to that restaurant. Uh, so I think the path to discovery is changed. And then I think the need for information has gotten stronger. How long specifically? I know I said about 10 years. 
how long have you been on the Instagram platform utilizing, uh, you know, utilizing those different social channels that you have? Um, I wrote a, in, I wrote a blog post about this, but I think my very first blog post was like 2006. I was definitely in, in, in the mindset of being an earlier adopter on new social media accounts, but I think it was more of like, you know, making sure you land grab your screen name. Uh, and so when Instagram popped up, I was like, oh, well, I'm pretty bullish on, you know, whatever it was at the time, Twitter, Facebook, maybe even MySpace. Um, I was like, oh, I should go, I should go grab my screen name here. And like, I really didn't even take Instagram seriously until probably 2011, 2012. And then again, I didn't even take it really, really seriously until 2015, 2016. So yeah, which honestly, like, uh, it's crazy. It's 2019. It's, you know, it's been around for, for quite some time in its heyday and, uh, you know, through, through its evolution. But I, I definitely feel at least over the past five years, the, the whole like restaurant influencer or just food influencer, foodies, et cetera, has like just, just kind of dramatically grown over, over these, over these past few years, uh, specifically. Now you have a very different way of creating content on Instagram. Obviously you have, you posted a, a, a just, delicious looking photo of a specific food uh, item, but you follow it with a marketing strategy. What made you go this route? Uh, thank you for asking that question. You're like, hey, Rev, what's the one thing you want to talk about the most? So thank you. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, back in 2013, when I decided I was going to take my Instagram a little more seriously, um, you know, I was like, oh, I'm going to take better pictures. I'm going to go to places I like. I'm going to promote business I want to promote. I wasn't the only person that made that decision, right? And so what happened over time is like the more Instagram sort of allowed the foodie and influencer space to become a part of it and the more that that medium or network really became a viable option for restaurants to market their business, like a really viable option, um, the amount of like, let's just say food porn or, you know, gratuitous food photos that was popping up on a daily basis, especially in a town in New York City, was like almost carbon copy, right? And, and what, what was happening or what is still happening is, you know, marketers and restaurant owners were, you know, will host an event where they have, you know, six to 50 influencers show up and all take pictures of the same, you know, cheese pull, the same pizza, you know, the same rainbow, whatever that is this week. And then it floods Instagram for two to three weeks. And that's great for the business. It's amazing. Whoa, what a powerful tool. But, you know, if you're one of the 15 posts that week of that same, you know, unicorn frappe or, you know, double decker extra pepperoni pizza, damn, I'm getting hungry. Um, <laughs> you're just, you're just kind of noise. And I was like, well, I don't want to be noise. I don't think it's good to be noise. Um, and if I'm going to be a marketer, like, just being noise isn't really going to make me look like I know what I'm talking about. And so I thought, you know, how can I really answer Adam's question in a more succinct way? And I thought, well, why don't I use that same photo? But then instead of saying, hey, go eat this pizza at yada yada restaurant, it's awesome. Why don't I use that ability to help educate people in the space? How can I impart knowledge that I have that will amplify their life that will make their life better in the same way and that was really the moment where i was like oh nobody's really doing that that's what i'm gonna do nice so last marketing question before we jump into burgers the most important topic of today <laughs> uh where do you see where do you see that influencer scene moving in the next three years um you know i don't think the influencer marketing scene especially in the food space is poised for a big change in the immediate future, I think we're going to drown ourselves in more of the same for a while. 
Um, where I where I want it to go and where it really needs to go and where I hope it goes is that the people who are working with influencers or the businesses and marketers that are using them as a viable way to promote and drive awareness for their brands, because it works, right, is that they're getting smarter about the types of influencers they're working with and the way that, you know, the goals of their promotion. So like, hey, I want to raise awareness for my pizza place. Awesome. Well, so is every other pizza place in, in the city. What are you doing differently and what is the goal you're trying to achieve? I want marketers and restaurant owners to think at that level. So before they work with an influencer and before they even decide influencer marketing is the right way, they know why they're doing it so that when they do do it, it executes to a higher goal and then they get better and better and better at it. That's where it should go. That's where it needs to go. Um, on the actual influencer side, please, please stop faking engagement. It's not smart. It's not becoming. And there are for sure people out there faking engagement that are making money and look cool and getting attention and good for you. Good for you in the moment. You are ruining it for yourself and everyone else in the future. Like, and if you are a marketer that is not looking to see if the influencers that you're working with are faking their engagement, then shame on you and it's your own fault. How's I like that? it. Yeah, I was, no, that was perfect. I was just going to interject briefly just saying like, especially with, you know, the talks of maybe even removing how many, like showcasing how many likes there are on a specific uh, image. Um, I feel like that could potentially change the, the, the landscape for some specific people, specifically for, you know, in regards to what you're saying there. So well, um, very you, interesting point. Yeah. If look, if you're a restaurant, you know, or a restaurant marketer and you have a goal and your goal is like, oh, um, we want to get more people on our mailing list so that we can email them directly about new store openings, new promotions, events we're doing. Man, that's an awesome goal. And you know exactly how to measure that, right? If all you're looking at is how many likes a slice of pepperoni got, like geez, oh Pete's, how does that benefit you? You know? Mm -hmm. No, absolutely. I don't want to clap in the mic, but I applaud your, your passion here. All right. Let's, let's, how about we just crunch some tacos in the mic? Yeah, let's do it. Uh, so uh, you literally have an bur uh, expert burger taster in your, in your bio. So I'm excited to jump into this. So, um, and definitely some states have a specific, ver uh, you know, burger vibe. So like Detroit has sliders, you know, In-N-Out pretty much owns LA in, in, in the format of their burger. But um, explain the burger scene in New York and New Jersey. So, man, what a fun question to answer. So it's amazing because you can literally stand across the river from either uh, location you just mentioned there. And it, it's their neighbors there next door. And there are people that move in and out of those two spaces every day, all day long. But they could not be more different. Like, it is amazing. The minute you leave New York City or the minute you leave New Jersey, the difference is it is literally two different places. Um, and what you see in New York City, especially nowadays, um, you know, the rent is high there, uh, costs are high, everything's super expensive. And so what restaurant restaurants are going sort of one of two ways, either you're getting these like super high end chef driven 35 day uh, dry aged A5 Wagyu burgers that are only available 20 at a day wrapped in gold leaf and served with a, a bottle of Vouv Clicquot that um, has been stored in like a, a cow's stomach, right? And you're paying a hundred bucks for them. I'm clearly exaggerating for effect here. 
or or you're getting um, these super quick serve like you know three ounce patties double stacked that can be sent to you via Grubhub in in thirty minutes or less with a seventeen dollar fee. Um, and so it's either becoming about like efficiency or it's becoming about um, moving burgers towards a more uh, center of the plate sentiment, like a steak, right? In New Jersey, that latter piece, the the uh, eccentric burger I just made up in my head uh, and on the show doesn't really exist. There's some. Um, Is it more of like a purity burger? Like a, just like more of like a, like a pure patty type burger over there or... Um, you're start, there's definitely, so we'll break this down in a second, but, um, you're, de- you're starting to get some of that. You're seeing more of the stunt burger than you are like the high end burger. Now I'll, I'll define what a stunt burger is. So, you know, in America and around the world, a burger is like, you know, LTO, you know, cheese, mayo, ketchup, mustard, you're out the door, right? Like a classic American burger. Um, Stunt burgers are when, like, you add a scoop of mac and cheese or, you know, deep fried pulled pork or, you know, uh, you try to turn it into a cheese steak or, like, some sort of weird or funny, like, hybrid, imaginative, creative idea, right? So like a black, like, black tap in New York. Yeah. And I'm not, I don't want, I don't want to come across that I don't like those burgers. I think they're super no, fun. And for sure. I love them. Yeah. And I believe there's room for all burgers in the universe. So that's fine. Um, but, like, we we had that in New York City, and that was actually kind of where New York Burger Week started. Was I was trying to promote people that were trying to be creative. Um, you're you're still getting some of that in New York, uh, and you have a few brands that are like live in that space, like Black Tap or or Clinton Hall, and they're like really good at it. In New Jersey, you're starting to see some of that happen now, where it's like stunt burger time. Um, and there's a few places that have gotten that are like just perfected it, like the Cloverleaf Tavern. Man, if you're into like great craft beer and like really creative, you know, pub food, like that's the place. And then there are other places that are like, oh, we can scoop mac and cheese on a burger and like add five bucks and hopefully it works. So you're, you're getting that. But in New Jersey, um, something that you see that you like, I cannot figure out why it doesn't happen or hasn't ever really happened in New York City is, you know, this concept of a slider. Now, let's break down what that means. Um most people think that slider means a smaller version of a larger burger, right? It, that is a mini burger. That is not a slider. And if there's one like stupid hill I'm going to die on, that's it. I hate it when people mislabel mini burgers as sliders. It like, I can't calm myself down in that moment, right? A slider is a form of preparation, right? Now, a slider is the original American hamburger. It's a two to three ounce piece of fresh ground beef smashed on a flat top grill that's heavily seasoned, right? And then it's cooked with like steamed or fried onions, a slice of American cheese, a squishy bun, pickles, and that's it. That's a slider. And once you leave North Jersey or Detroit, it's kind of a lost art, right? There's a little, you can go get an Oklahoma, you know, a a, a smashed onion burger and you're living in the same world, right? But like outside of those kind of three geographics, like I don't know why the world forgot that this is how we made a burger. You know, White Castle was the first business to take that and turn it into a production uh, assembly. They then went frozen patty at one point and now you really can't make a, uh, you can't smash a frozen patty. But like that art is gone. Like it doesn't exist outside of Detroit, North Jersey and Oklahoma, right? It is far and above the absolute tastiest way to make a classic burger. It is phenomenal. And there's still places in North Jersey that do it. 
And in the history of time that I've lived here, the 20 some years, I've only ever known one or two places in New York City that does it that way. And why that didn't go across the bridge or through a tunnel, I have no idea, right? Um, and if you live or visit North Jersey, you got to find one of these places. The, the three biggest ones are uh, the White Mana in Jersey City, the White Mana in Hackensack, or the White Rose System in Linden. That, that one is my favorite of the three. But it is like, that's the burger to get. That is the burger to be. And why that hasn't become a thing in other places or why we've forgotten that as a thing is beyond me because this is a superior way to eat a burger. Man, that that whole breakdown like nerded me out real good. Uh, <laughs> I also heard like the grill sizzle, like sizzling when you were going over uh, the sliders. Uh, so no, that that's amazing. So you had mentioned there there's only one in New York. Do you have the name of it? There used to be a place called Mark Burger on St. Mark that that's there was the, literally the only thing on the menu and it closed down. So the the only place you can get one now that I know of that's kind of and it's it's definitely not exactly that, but it's very close is uh, Hard Time Sundays uh, by Andrew Zurica. Like, he is absolutely making, like, a classic roadside smash. His is a little bit more of a West Coast-East Coast hybrid, so it's not traditional, but damn, it's good. Mm, that sounds awesome. Um, on, on Obviously, continuing the topic of burgers, I'd, I'd love to hear a little bit more uh, about New York Burger Week because it sounds like an absolute uh, blast. So if you can provide a little background on how that came to be and then also how it goes down throughout the week, that would be awesome. Sure. So New York Burger Week is a, a series of uh, highly curated burger events that happen within a seven-day window. Um, it typically happens at the beginning of May, which is also National Hamburger Month. Uh, and I sort of use it as like uh, a tribute to New York City, a kickoff to summer season, uh, and a really fun way to sort of like celebrate you know, the burger nerd that's in all of us. Um, most of the events typically have a very, very low amount of tickets. So it's like 10 seats, 20 seats. Um, it's a highly curated event. They're intended to be VIP. Um, it's not for a casual burger lover. It's for like somebody who loves to indulge, somebody who's very passionate, somebody who's, uh, who's a, a food fanatic. Um, and so some of the events we've done in the past, <clears throat> um, we've done um, reimagining of items. So we did a, I don't know if you know who Emmy Burger is or, or Emily, mm-hmm. uh, really popular uh, a lo- multi-location business here in New York City and a couple locations in Nashville. Um, they have this burger that everybody loves called Le Big Matt. Um, and, and Matt Highland, the, the owner chef there, it was sort of his tribute to the Big Mac. It's so not a Big Mac, but like it kind of was like, how can I really like uniquify and gourmet this up? It's awesome yeah. burger. Um, oh, that sounds great. He sells out of them. You can't get a seat, blah, blah, blah. I was like, hey, um, why don't we have an event where we set, serve everything but that burger? Uh, so we did like a pizza version of the burger, a venison burger version of the burger, uh, a wild boar version of the burger. It was like really fun. And so if you really like that burger or you really like Matt or you really like his restaurant, like you're only getting it that night and it's never available again. And, wow. and so that's like a really good example of what New York Burger Week is about. Um, we've also done some really, really silly things last year. Um, uh, when the Avengers movie came out, um, we were like, Hmm, this could be really fun. So we had like an infinity stones night. So we had, we had, um, we had a burger themed on each of the, uh, each of the Avengers that played a role in the infinity, infinity stone series. Yes. And it, we had like a Dr. Strange burger and we had a, you know, we, we had a Iron Man burger and a Captain America burger. And so you pre-order the burger based on either the character you like or the, bur- the, 
um, the, the burger you wanted. And then it came with an infinity stones milkshake. So we basically took the, the glove that Thanos wears in the movie and turned it into a milkshake with like oh, wow. candies around. So like, you know, was the burger good? Yeah. The burger was amazing. Uh, and the food was really good, but it had like the theme was very, very silly. Uh, and so that those are like two classic examples of like what a New York Burger Week event is like. They're they're meant to be fun. They're meant to be really fun. That's awesome. Um, do you have uh, so I imagine May of twenty twenty is is the next round here. Um, I didn't. You know, it's funny. I didn't do Burger Week uh, in the way I've done it in the past this year. Um, it, it is as you can imagine. It's a ton of work to do that, and you really mm-hmm. got to have. Uh, passion and drive and love for for the idea. Uh, And so this year I took a pause on it. It may come back in a different form or a different geography, uh, but I'm sort of trying to think about what is the reinvention of New York Burger Week. Because going back to sort of the beginning of of this conversation, um, when I started New York Burger Week 10 years ago, oh my God, uh, I can't even think about how many burgers we've eaten and what we've done. Um, You know, the stunt burger idea was still kind of relatively new. And the, the high-end chef burger was limited to like three places. Uh, and so at the time, a New York Burger Week event was so unique because you just couldn't get that experience on your average Tuesday night, right? Well, now, um, you know, there's there are places that have built a reputation on stunt burgers. Um, there's chefs that have been on umpteen amount of, of TV shows and podcasts on every corner. And so like you could create your own New York Burger Week of, uh, just based on things that are sort of regularly available in the city. So it's mm-hmm. become much harder from a programmatic standpoint to do something in the line as the way we've done it before because of the amount of options that exist in New York City. So I was like, you know what? Again, I don't want to be noise, right? So no, I'm, I'm going to turn this, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pause this and, and think about um, – what does New York City need? What do burger fanatics in New York City want? And ultimately, how can I provide value to, you know, to a restaurant or a chef? And so when I come, when I reimagine what that is, or somebody comes to me with an idea of what that is, that is when New York Burger Week will, will come up again. Nice. That's awesome. Well, everybody, follow us socials. <laughs> Make sure you keep up to date with that. So this being uh, OMG That Meal... Uh, I want to explain to you uh, kind of the what that actually means. Uh, so what is an OMG moment? It's a meal that is easily remembered, and it's a meal that leaves a void in your life. Uh, so it's kind of like it's when you have that when you have that specific food item, you're like, oh my gosh, I cannot wait to have this again. Um, we're gonna keep this burger themed. Um, where was the last time? When was the last time you had that experience? Um, and where was it? Oh, that is a great question. So I typically am motivated to leave my house and looking for that experience in every meal. <laughs> so my answer might be different than everybody else's because I don't want to eat unless that happens. That is a high bar to set. Um, yes. I'm going to answer that question in a slightly different way. If you live, work, or are passing through North Jersey um, one place where you will absolutely have that experience every time is a place called Rebar and Kitchen in Lodi, New Jersey. Uh, the owner there, Gerard, is a really smart, uh, funny, creative guy who had like no prior experience um, in owning a restaurant. He just like really liked to cook in his kitchen, and I know that's like a classic American story. But he's also like a businessman and like a construction background, and. He was like, how can I make the best chicken franchise ever? Like, talk about the most bland and average uh, wedding food there is. 
I have literally never walked into a restaurant and ordered that unless it was the only option, right? Yeah. I will drive out of my way to eat the chicken franchise at Rebar and Kitchen because it's amazing. Really? But I would say that about his Cuban sandwich. I would say that about his steak. I would say that about his burger, right? It is like he has just gone in there and said, okay, we're going to provide this just outstanding experience. We're going to give you, we're not going to give you a high expectation walking in the door. It's a really casual laid back place. It's a lot of fun. The beer selection there is outstanding. And Gerard doesn't drink. So like, it's amazing to walk in there and see, like, he just really cares. He really cares about the food. He really cares about the experience. He really cares about his customers. And when he puts something on the menu um, or thinks about what's going to happen when you walk in the door, he has the customer in mind first. And so I guarantee you go there, you're going to be happy. The burger's awesome. Uh, I can't, it is the only chicken franchise I've ever eaten in my 46 years of life that I would tell somebody to go out of their way to go eat. Wow. No, that's uh, that's high praise. And that's a perfect uh, response to the question. So uh, no worries at all. Um, so now we're towards uh, the, the final aspect of our show, which is our 10 uh, quick fire questions. Uh, so we're going to jump right into it. Um, I'm in NYC for one night. What's the one burger I need to have? Hard time Sundays. All right. Uh, name one tourist trap burger that joint, one tourist trap burger joint. Uh, that's not Shake Shack. That's worth visiting in New York. <laughs> Uh, tourist trap burger. Well, I guess in 2019, that's probably black tap. Um, I don't know that schnippers is really like a tourist trap, but for sure they have locations in all the tourist trap areas and the burger's awesome. Got it. All right. Uh, we've done this, we've done this question before and we're, we're waiting just for the, an absolute crazy response, but I'm rolling with it again. Craziest or grossest restaurant experience you've had. Oh man. How do you, you def- don't need to name names. So we don't need to throw anybody under the bus. God, there's probably a hundred. Picking one is so impossible. Um, what is the grossest experience? Um, I, I'll give you. A, I'll give you a. Gro- I'll give you a gross one. I walked into a restaurant once um, as a food service professional. I was there to sell them something, and they were praised highly for their food and their hamburgers or whatever. Me and my comrade at the time. Uh, by the way, I've been watching Stranger Things, so the Russians are on my head. So I use the word comrade. Um, somebody, I don't mean to ruin the plot for anybody. Uh, I walked in the back door with, my, with my, my comrade, and we walked in the kitchen, and like bags of ground beef were just open on the counter. There was like food on the floor. Like I literally, I've rarely seen a kitchen that dirty. And I, I couldn't believe like how renowned this place was for their food. When yeah. like the preparation in the kitchen was so sloppy and I literally looked at, at my buddy and I was like, I don't even want to sell this place as a customer. I don't care how much money they make or how much money they're going to spend on us. Like something is going to go wrong here. And the fact that they haven't prioritized food safety um, is like, that's like just a ticking time bomb waiting to go off. And, yeah. and I was super grossified. And I guess the point of this story is like if you're an, a restaurant operator and you're not thinking about the quality of your food and how to fix your customers, like shame on you. Shame, I hope I hope the person that gets E. coli is you, not your customer. <laughs> All right. The number four question. Uh, best uh, restaurant marketing tip for 2019. Just go ahead and pick one. Uh, the best restaurant marketing tip for 2019 is to manage all the information that customers need in the moment that matter 
in the places that matter when they are online. And for a restaurant, that is more than anything your menu. If you're not in control of managing updating your menu on Google, Yahoo, Bing, Yahoo, Foursquare, TripAdvisor, and OpenTable, like you're already getting beat by your competitors. Nice. Uh, name the one burger trend that needs to die. Oh, man. Frozen and reheated burgers need to die. Uh, since you since you run fun with fries, what are the best fries in the city? Oh man, I New can't. York City or New Jersey? We could do both. I, I, I can't this is New York, New Jersey. So I, I literally, even if you put a gun to my head, could not pick a, a favorite place to get French fries. I love French fries way too much. I right, will. So give me one. I will tell you this though: the triumvirate of awesome—that's what I've called it—in terms of fry fry styles are tater tots, uh, waffle fries, and also uh, curly fries. So uh, if you're judging where to get the best fries, if they're serving one of those three, it's a better bet than any other type of fry. Interesting. Do you have one place that you really love their fries? Man, you know what? <clears throat> uh, there's a place, they have a couple locations in the city called Whitman's. Um, he has a steak fry, which is not my favorite type of fry, but he does a blue cheese sauce that I've literally never had. And I, would, I, couldn't, I couldn't name a time where I walked into a restaurant and was like, hmm, blue cheese sauce on fries. That's what I want. Man, they're so good. I will order two orders of it every time I go there. Nice. Uh, have you had any strange requests as an Instagram influencer? Uh, have I had any strange requests as an Instagram influencer? I had a brand reach out to me last year, um, and they are a brand that manufactures not only flushable toilet wipes, uh, but also a flushable toilet wipe dispenser. So the idea is like you you buckle this around your uh, toilet paper dispenser so that you basically have two things you can grab. You can grab the flushable wipe or the toilet paper. And I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. That's great. I, I believe in, in wipes uh, for a number of reasons. I have a three-year-old. We wipe face and hands and butts all the time. And, you know, I'm a cleanly guy. So, like, I get it. I'm into flushable wipes. So they reached out to me and said, we've picked you for this. And I was like, great. I use wipes all the time. I have a bag. I have one in my bag. We keep them in the car. Like, we use wipes. Sure. Yeah. So like I sort of baked out what was the story I wanted to tell and I was going to do a picture of like a greasy chili cheeseburger, like going to need a wipe after this. And the guy called me. He's like, no, no, no. The picture has to be you on the toilet making a funny face. Nope. And I was like, <laughs> I have no problem showing my face on social media. Like go follow my account. You can see I'm, I might be overindulgent in the uh, sharing of pictures of Rev and food, but like I am not putting picture of me on the toilet on my Instagram to push your product. However, if you offer me X amount of dollars, I'll consider it. And that was the end of the conversation. Got it. Makes <laughs> sense. Uh, <laughs> um, if you had to match your burger, this could be any burger with one New York or New Jersey, if, even throw in Brooklyn craft beer, what would it be? Oh this man. That, that is a burger. That's like a New York beer week experience right there. Burger and beer pairings. But what's a specific New York burger and a specific New York uh, beer pairing? Oh, man. I, again, I love craft beer. I couldn't pick one. I will tell you this. I will go on record and tell you who my favorite craft brewer in New York City is. And if you, and if you find a bar that's serving their beers and has burgers, like you're guaranteed to win. Um, so Gun Hill Brewing out of the Bronx is my favorite New York brewery. Uh, I, first of all, I love their beers. They make amazing beer. The, the guys that own the place like totally are in it for the right reasons. Like They love it. Um, we did an event last year at Gebhard's on the Upper West Side where Gebhard's made um, like their take on a high-end certified Angus beef, freshly made White Castle style burger. 
and we paired it with a couple of a Gun Hill brewers include uh, beers, including their Void Delight Stout. Man, that's like a win right there. Uh, which restaurant is next on your to eat list, aka next restaurant you are uh, waiting to try? Uh, waiting to try is different than where I'm going. Uh, or wanting to try. That's that's my <laughs> bad. That's my. Uh... <laughs> uh, does it specifically have to be a burger? No, we can go anywhere with this. Uh, one. You know, I, only because somebody was DMing me about it last night. There's a place on the Upper West Side called Made in New York Pizza. Uh, I've not been there. Everybody says it's amazing, but damn, the their Roni cups just look like Boss Roni cups. And I will travel out of my way to have the right Roni cup. Nice. And I won't butcher the syntax of this last question. <laughs> what is your, what is your all-time favorite burger spot in New York or New Jersey? Uh, so my all-time favorite burger spot in New York is also my all-time favorite burger. Uh, however, the answer to this question is a little bit of a bummer because it doesn't exist anymore. The best burger I've ever had in my life was at a restaurant that was in Chelsea called Rub Barbecue. Um, that restaurant has since closed down. Um, they were they were one of the restaurants that was affected by Sandy, so that you know they were out of business for a week because of the storm and whatnot. Uh, they turned back on, and that was a big enough financial hit to them that it sort of made it difficult. A week later, somebody drove an SUV through their front door, and the owner was mm. like, "I'm out." That's my like. Wow. That's my sign. Uh, he picked up and like moved to Long Island and like maintained a golf course. Uh, and then he opened up a restaurant with the chef, like way the, out in the middle of nowhere in the Rocky Mountains. Um, mm-hmm. I got to go visit there last year, and they were doing an interpretation of that burger. It was almost just as good, but it wasn't, and they closed that place. So, best burger I've ever eaten was the Monday Night Special Burger at Rub Barbecue. Um, you can for sure go look at my blog, Burger Conquest. You can definitely Google. There are people like George Motes, uh, you know, Nick Solaris, uh, the late Josh Ozersky that have waxed poetically about that burger, and nobody has been able to do it since. Man, what a bummer. Yeah. But it was but it was good. Like you have in food, like you get that moment where you're like the OMG you moment where you're like, that was it, that was it. And then you're mm-hmm. like trying to recreate that moment. And that's what makes food fun is like trying to always find that moment. No, absolutely. There was a place, um I, I've had that myself, and I think the I'm more than certain the place is still open because I've I've gone there. Uh, not too long ago, um, but it was a place called uh, in Atlanta called I think it's Flip Burger, um, and they had a uh, it was kind of like a boutique burger kind of place. They were like doing some pretty fancy stuff, uh, and they had a Philly cheesesteak burger. Um, and the the cheese that they they almost used the um, oh, what's what's the word? I always blank on what this is called. Um, where they use, just use fancy science to do special things with like their food. Uh, but basically um, their cheese was almost like a whipped cream on the top. And then once it hits the burger, it actually started to melt um, like the, the, like melt as like normal cheese would. And like they had really good steak on it and really good onions. And it was like, I think I went back to back days when I was in Atlanta just to go get that. And then when I went back to Atlanta again, it just, it never existed. It's off the menu. And I was like, Oh man, but that's, I, that's like one of my, all-time favorite burger experiences myself just because it falls in the same category. I can't get it anymore. Um, and it's very, very sad. Um, but that does complete our quick fire questions. Uh, I'm super appreciative that you shared your experiences and favorite places with us. 
Uh, so I want to just leave this this last bit of time for you to plug yourself. Where can people find you? Uh, where do you rec- where do you prefer that they find you at on socials <laughs> or online? Would love to uh, love to end it this way. God bless. Uh, well, again, uh, I, I sincerely appreciate the opportunity to speak with you and 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 everybody who's listening. So thank you, Adam. Um, I think To Eat List is a great place to discover food, especially if you're a food fanatic. Um, the best way to find me is I'm on the major social networks, Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram under my name. So Rev Ciancio, R-E-V-C-I-A-N-C-I-O. Uh, if you're like, I can't spell that, uh, hashtag Rev's marketing tips. That's a great way to find me. Or if you're like, I can't remember that either. Uh, my Instagram account, that's completely 100% dedicated to uh, people who love French fries is at fun with fries. That's typically much easier to remember. Any of those ways are great ways to find me. Um, if you're looking for, uh, help in hospitality marketing, whether you're a hospitality marketer or you're a brand that markets to hospitality, which is really where I sort of shine is the B2B, uh, hospitality marketing space. Hit me up, ask me questions. Uh, I'm an open book. I'm, I'm here to help people. Awesome, man. Thank you so much. This was so great. I I'm still not over the, um, the, the, the slider and mini burger thing that was just absolutely epic. <laughs> uh, well, I'm, I'm going to uh, thank you for letting me talk about my, my little, uh, my hill that I stand on there. Uh, if you want to do an entire three hour episode on that conversation, man, I'm game. I would love to change. I would love no, to change absolutely. the world. <laughs> no, it is the, uh, it is, it is a, a needed soapbox. Uh, but to everybody else who is listening, thank you so much. Um, if we, if you like this episode, please subscribe and rate us, uh, especially with five to star rating. We do love that one. Um, but we'll be back with another episode of OMG that meal. 